there, I am Matt Williamson. Happy Wednesday to all. Beautiful day here in the Berg. Um, so Steelers certainly not sitting on their hands and chilling out in May, you know, sort of a downtime. They release a Keller Weatherspoon today or just last night, since we spoke last at least. And you and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, this is not a surprise. We could kind of see this coming. I was, I'm was, i a little shocked it didn't happen a month ago, two months ago. Really aren't doing the player any favors. There's a lot less landing spots now than if they would have done it earlier. Maybe they just didn't know what they're – of course, they didn't know what they were going to get in the draft. You know, Once you add two big, long press man corners, you know, audio spoon, well, you know, on your way and go find a job. So be it. Again, not shocking. But there is some – not ramifications, but – he only played four games this last year, hamstring. He's had some moments as a stealer, took the ball away a fair amount. They gave up a mid-round pick for him and got enough out of him, I guess, whatever. Um, but he does save $4 million in cap space. And frankly, considering the depth of the cornerback room post-draft, I mean, we talked about this a lot with the Millette release. You know, there's a lot of corners on this team as we speak. I would much rather have the $4 million in cap space than Spoon. And maybe you go and you turn that into Quan Alexander, who was here the other day. You've heard some rumblings about Kyle Van Noy. Those are the two positions, as we've talked about a lot, that I would address going forward. An edge guy, an off-the-ball linebacker. But they made another interesting corner move here as well. And I'm not going to say I know a lot about Luke, I think it's Luke, L-U-Q is, is his first name. I'm going to call him Luke. Uh, Luke Barco, Burko, B-U-R-C-O-O. Uh, XFL corner that they signed as well. And I did a little bit of homework on the guy. I didn't, trust me, I didn't watch his tape or anything. I mean, I just found this out 10 minutes ago. But, and I didn't watch any XFL this year. Trust me, my wife would probably kill me if all I did was watch XFL and USL, SFL in the offseason. So, um, anyways, but I do know a little bit about Burko, and he, this is not a throwaway signing. Ah, XFL or come to camp, no one will ever hear of him, Puffy's gone. Maybe that's true, but I mean, I'm sure they have very little invested in him. However, Heinz Ward was his head coach, okay? I mean, maybe there's a connection there. From what I read, that XFL team played the highest percentage of press man coverage and single high safety in the entire XFL. Again, I didn't chart it. I'm just regurgitating information. But how many times have I told you teams tell you what they think by their offseason moves? And Steelers offseason corner moves are man coverage, single high safety. You know, I mean, this is what they are telling us. And while the league is going in opposite direction, they are going very heavy in this way. And I like it. I mean, again, I like when teams play outside the box a little bit. There's a physicality and an attitude to playing press man coverage with big porter, you know, type corners that are going to beat you up. And, you know, this Burko character is more of the same. I mean, he's 6'1", leaner than those guys. He's 175, but a 6'1 corner. I mean, you have that size the physicality, and frankly, he was like the best corner in the XFL. Now, I should have probably led with that. He was all XFL. You know, he made their Pro Bowl team, their All-Pro team. So, you know, just don't 
ignore him, you know, in the preseason or if you go to camp or whatever. He could be in the mix. I mean, so I, I thought that was interesting. And I don't think that's a one for one, you know, well, I got to cut spoon to get Burko. And I mean, I think you just get Burko no matter what. Hope he makes a team or makes an impact or, you know, whatever. Um, but I'd rather have the four million than spoon when it's all said and done. So quick break. And then I'm going to tell you, talk about something that is completely different, but I find extremely interesting. All right. So, as you know, the schedule came out, what, almost a week ago now. Um, and one thing I often refer to Warren Sharp, and he has his own site. It's a pay site. I subscribe. And he does a lot of work with scheduling, and he's the one that came up with strength of schedule based on Vegas win odds, you know, win totals for your opponents, things of that nature. But another thing he does is he went through after the schedule was actually released of when you're playing, not just who, and goes out and figures out your rest. And what I mean by that is if you play a team that's coming, or here's an example. The Steelers played on Sunday of week two, the Ravens played on Monday of week two, and then they meet on Sunday of week three. Well, then the Steelers had one more day of rest than the Ravens. So they're plus one in that category. You see what I'm saying? So whenever you line up to play, how long was it since your last game? You know, not when you play, you know, so if you're coming off a short week, a team might be plus three or, you know what I mean? So you have a lot more time to heal your body, prepare for this opponent than your opponent did. So he went through and looked at all the teams in the league. And how much cumulative rest did they end up versus their opponents? So to put this in perspective, the teams that have the most rest versus the team they're about to play, Washington, Chicago, and the Jets all have 12 more days of rest. They're plus 12 in terms of being able to heal their bodies and prepare for that game. Tennessee's plus 11. The Browns are plus 10. Baltimore's plus 9. But the Steelers and Dolphins are plus seven. So they're going to be some of the most rested teams in the league in terms of who they face on every given week. Now, that doesn't mean every game they have a rest advantage. I'll get to that in a minute. <coughs> but to put this in perspective, San Francisco is minus 20. I mean, they are at a rest disadvantage over and over and over. So some of the worst teams are the, the Niners at minus 20, the Rams at minus 17, Kansas City at minus 13, and Atlanta at minus 12. And history shows more rested teams have better results than less rested teams. I mean, it's not a, a fluke. It's not an anomaly. But like, for example, I'm just looking at the Niners. They play a game where they're minus eight, minus seven, minus seven, minus three, minus one in terms of rest differential versus their opponents. And they have two games where they're plus three. Thus, you're minus 20. You know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I'll pull up the Jets real quick. You know, the Jets have two games where they only have a one game rest disadvantage, minus one, minus one. 
but they have two games where they have a rest advantage of one, plus one, plus one. They have a game where they're plus two, a, a game where they're plus three, and a game where they have a full seven days more rest than their opponent. You know, the Bears have the Bears are the only one on here that don't have a game, any game of any nature where they have a rest disadvantage. There's none in that column. They're the only ones. There's like a bunch of them that only have one, you know, but the Bears don't have any games where they have less rest than their opponent. But they have two games where they have three games rest more and one where they have six. So just wrapping this up with the Steelers, the Steelers rest differential. There are two games, and I should know this off the top of my head and should have looked before, but I'm sure you can figure it out, where their opponent will have three three days more rest than the Steelers. And there's one game where they'll have one day more rest. So minus three, minus three. Minus one. So those are the negative ones throughout the season where the Steelers will have a rest disadvantage. Three, three, and one. But the same is true on the other end. They have two games where they have a or two two games where they have a three-game rest advantage, one game where they have a one-day rest advantage, and they have one game where they have a seven-day rest advantage. Thus, plus seven. You know, two minus threes and a minus one, two plus threes and a minus and a plus one. They even out, and then you have one game where you have a full week's advantage over your opponent in terms of rest. So I thought that was really interesting and certainly applies to the Steelers. Feel bad for the Niners and teams like that. I mean, that really beats up your body playing on short rest, especially against teams that are well fresher than you. So another nice advantage to this schedule um, that might some of you might not have thought about, but it works out well. Over and out. Take care.